This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to Acting Up with Allie Goodman Podcast backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. I want to talk about scripting and imposter syndrome this week. Funny enough, I feel like both of these things work fairly well in both areas of what I talk about on this podcast. I've been noticing over the past few weeks, there's a lot of parallels uh, between what I do as an actor or how I feel or the business of show and my experiences of being a mom who also has to navigate the world of her autistic son and all of the th- the parameters and the things that come with that, meetings and such and such and such. So while I I want to dive in a little bit more specifically about how I've been uh, on my drives or when I'm alone or what a lot of this has been coming up in my brain where I, I never really kind of made the leap in my head as to why this podcast was so important to me to, I, I let me, let me back up. I knew it was important to me to show that I was a mom, but I was also a, an actor. I was an actor well before I was a mom. And those two pieces are incredibly important in my life, but that one of the things that happens, as I've mentioned in the past, is that when you have kids or sometimes, you know, maybe you have kids and it's not the case, but or if you have a kid with special needs, it ends up taking over your life and all of your dreams and things that you were maybe wanting to do prior to having kids gets put on the back burner. So then moms end up, you know, becoming just out of necessity because we just there is a crisis of trying to help take care of our kids, neurotypical neurodiverse, no matter what it is, there's sort of a crisis in this country right now about childcare and the ability to afford it. And if you've got two working parents, there's somebody watching your kid. Well, if you have a kid with special needs, sometimes that cost is even higher and more more cost prohibitive. Or it's the amount of money that you're making for one of the incomes doesn't equate to what you would pay to have someone take care of your child. And if you don't have the privilege to live near someone who is family or willing to do this gratis, you know, or out of the love of their heart or however, or somehow getting supports or grants in some capacity, which, you know, just kind of doesn't exist, at least in Illinois. I mean, it exists, but it's it's not as widely available to all economic backgrounds, just put it that way, across the board. But that means that we're stuck in some capacity trying to figure out and navigate it and other things get put on the back burner. I mean, that's kind of what happens when you have kids. You know you're taking responsibility and you're doing what's best for them. But you also have to somehow live in this world and this world to live to live is hard right now. It is not it is not an easy world around across the board. So I was thinking about a lot of these things and about how I'm coming to the end of a very important milestone with Jordan. Jordan is going to be turning one in May. And that's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal that he's going to be a year old. And it's a very exciting time. And it's it's a really big, big, fun 
milestone for him to hit that age. You know, I, I am watching him like a hawk, you know, with all of his milestones, as I've mentioned in the past. And the fact that he's in, in uh, EI for PT and, you know, we're working with that and he's getting stronger and his core is getting stronger and things are working really well. It's been really nice. On the other hand, um, one of the other really big pieces that I'm going to most likely let go of is the breastfeeding part. So I don't remember how much I've shared about the fact that Jordan Jordan got his teeth and became a vampire and then I stopped being able to actually breastfeed him. And that happened around seven and a half-ish months. I tried, but he just, we, we figured what was going on is that when he was drawing the milk out, he was actually using his gums, this was prior to having teeth, uh, to help draw the milk out of my breast and when that happened he was using his mouth to help rather than just the sucking motion so when he got teeth he started to use his teeth and it wasn't just that he was like testing out biting it was that he was like no this is how I nurse mom and I was like no we cannot do this this is very painful so he even though he had been gaining weight and he was doing just fine in the nursing department I thought it turns out that he probably was taking a few shortcuts and those shortcuts had to be cut short because I wanted to actually keep my breasts intact and have a nipple by the end of the 12 months that I was going to nurse him. So I actually ended up having to go exclusively to pumping. Uh, and, and granted, we were feeding him, you know, he had started on solids and certain foods and all that. So it's not that he was just getting breast milk and I was only pumping for his nourishment. But, you know, that's where babies get most of their nourishment, at least up until a year. So I've been very exhaustedly and, of course, importantly, trying to get as much of this milk out when I already struggle to some degree. I, I was never... I was I was never much of a, a producer to begin with, and then pumping is never as efficient as breastfeeding directly. So there's all of these other factors, and I'm just going to say that as, as much as I'm not looking forward to what I hear is the, and I don't remember this because when I stopped breastfeeding, it was already hormonal for me with Jackson, but because I was five, he stopped completely breastfeeding at five months and it was very, a very emotional time for me. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a very, uh, I might have a hormonal shift. I hear that it can be a real big drop, especially if you've been breastfeeding for a while. So I'm prepared for that hormonal drop. I should say prepared as in I've intellectualized it. I, ha- I have no idea what it's really going to feel like and how I'm going to respond. And hopefully I will you know, me and my family will survive it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I am I am expecting there to be some some type of a shift. On the other hand, I'm very I am excited to get my body back in that I don't have to be beholden to these pumping machines all the time to give my child the nutrients that I would of course give him. Now if I go and the doctor says, you know what, he hasn't gained enough weight and we really do think that, you know, he could benefit from you pumping for a few more months, of course I'm going to do that and of course I'll stick with it. But if I get the A-OK from the doctor to be like, yeah, you're good, you're good to end, you know, do do what you need to do, I think we're going to have to say a sayonara to these pumping machines and say see ya, bye-bye. Because uh, I know that a lot of my time is taken up from doing things because I either I'm feeling engorged or I have to go pump or I'm up in the middle of the night and I have to pump. So there's a lot of uh, lost sleep and a lot of lost time. Now, on the other hand, I will say that it has also forced me to have to take time out of my day and sit down, which 
if you know me, is not normal. So I've, I have a real fear of being lazy. And so I've been sort of forced to be a little indulgently lazy at times. Um, and I, I'm, I'm using lazy in quotes because I don't think I really was lazy. I think that I it was really good that I took that time. Now, it wasn't really self-care time because it was like still was doing something for somebody else. But at the same time, it was necessary for me to kind of sit quietly and watch a TV or play a game or draw on my color app or whatever it happened to be because there was it's not like I could be actively taking care of the kids although I did finally get uh a hands like well I had a hands-free pump but I I was able to get like a portable situation where I was able to pump in the car and that has made life a lot easier because I can do that on the go uh it's not the best pump in the world but it's fine and it works and it gets the job done and that's all that matters right now is just get the milk out get it into the kid and make sure that we are never too many bottles away from you know him not having something for the next feeding so those things notwithstanding I've been thinking about the fact that I'm getting that piece of that, that piece back it also means the end of something it means the end of Jordan being a baby it means the end of my being a, the, a mom to an infant you know that's over and seeing the development and how that's going to go in Jordan's case and not in a comparison way to Jackson in that way but there's always sort of looking at how the development has been different and I have to be honest I don't remember a lot I am relying a lot on what I think it was because we didn't know enough to know that maybe there was something going on it was around 12 months that I started to get a little concerned but not enough that I pushed the issue of course you know too deeply so all of these things and all of these things, I, I'm sure that the reason that I'm having a lot of these thoughts is really because we're, we're, we're hitting a really big important time in, in my life, in, in, in our family's life, in, in our baby's life, and all of those pieces together have me thinking a lot. I, I'm prone to lots of thoughts. So scripting, let me, tell, let me talk a little bit about scripting and how it really affects our lives uh, on the on the autistic side with Jackson and in my actor life for those of you who don't know much about the acting side of my life so the autistic side of scripting um, it's it, it pretty much can be anything that the the autistic person repeats that they've heard read consumed in some way uh, you often hear about it as scripting is often, uh, and I'm probably where they got the word, probably where the word came from, is because they'll take it, oftentimes it comes from movies or songs or things that are, have a script, if you will, something that's been written down. I mean, I'm just sort of making this uh, assumption, but it it feels logical. So we'll just go with that, right? Uh, remember my disclaimer, right? So no, but the idea being, you know, it's lines from movies or even whole sections of movies Oftentimes it's something and it's repeated. Sometimes it's said once. Sometimes it's said over and 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 over again. Ad nauseum for hours. Uh, and I mean for hours. It's, it's happened before. In our world, I think one of the reasons that we weren't 100% that we had anything to really be concerned about with Jackson. And as we were discussing with, uh, we, we met with his social worker at school today. She wanted to just get some information. We were having this meeting and we were talking about the, well, when did he start talking? And John and I kind of looked at each other and laughed a little bit because 
we thought he had been talking for a while. And as a matter of fact, I've said before, he learned to, to, to sing before he could talk, ripping off that abeline. Uh, but the truth is that it was the case. And so I just assumed that that was him, that was him using language. And what I didn't understand was that was him scripting language, not necessarily using language appropriately or in context or, or as communication. And maybe, it, let me back up, that might have been communication for Jackson. That might have been how he was connecting to us, but it wasn't what we think of as communication. Like, I'm going to point out the dog because I want you to look at the dog and I want you to see that there's a dog over there as opposed to I'm just going to sing the song about the itsy bitsy spider because it's in my head and it comforts me to sing it and it is my way of connecting with you because I know it's a song you also know. I'm assuming, I don't exactly know what goes on in Jackson's head and he hasn't been able to really verbalize it for me yet. So I'm, I'm making this assumption, but based on other things I've heard that it, he wouldn't do it over and over and over again if it didn't soothe him, help him, comfort him, make him happy. So with Jackson, he would sing songs over and over again, like you think a kid would sing. He would say, he would repeat entire books that we had read to him. He could recite all of Goodnight Moon not long after his, I mean, I want to say that he was definitely before 18 months when he started doing this. And he would canoe all of his letters and numbers and he could point them out. He couldn't say the letters to me, but if I said, show me an S, he could show me. Things like that that were happening early enough on that I thought, okay, we're, we're getting like communication with him, right? Isn't that communication? And what I didn't know is that we were, had jumped over some major milestones many of which I've mentioned in the past. He wasn't pointing. He really wasn't clapping. Uh, there wasn't much joint attention going on. So I didn't know that he, we were not really in each other's worlds, but I didn't know enough to know that that was important. So that being said, excuse me. So scripting is something that Jackson does. And a lot of times he actually uses our words as scripting, which is one of the reasons why pronouns are very hard for him. I'm not sure that I've not mentioned that pronoun thing is often here, but pronouns have eluded Jackson from very early on because he's repeating what he hears and not what he's understanding. So if I say something like, um, do you have to go to the bathroom? When Jackson has to go to the bathroom, he says, you have to go to the bathroom he doesn't say, I have to go to the bathroom. He says, you have to go to the bathroom because that's what he's learned because that's what he's heard. So even though he's telling me that he himself has to go, he's saying it as though I do. And so that can be a very confusing thing. And as we were talking with a speech therapist, one of the more confusing pieces of that is when that switches. So let's say you're sitting and playing a game and I say to you, it's your turn. You have to then, if it's, you know, or it's my turn. Well, if I say my turn because I want Jackson to say it's my turn, but it's really your turn, it's a very, see where that can get really confusing. So it's very difficult to figure out how to use the correct language. John and I try very hard to say to Jackson what we want him to learn is the way he should speak. But could you imagine if all of the time that you're talking to somebody, you're using their their point of view and perspective in order to get them to understand. So when John and I talk to Jackson, and let's say we're in the car and he takes his shoes off and I don't want him to take his shoes off, this is the language I would use. I'd say, I don't take my shoes off in the car. I leave my shoes on. And he'd say, I, and then he repeats it. I, I leave my shoes on. I leave my shoes on. I leave my shoes on. So that's, I mean, 
my after friends out there, does that sound like Meisner to you? Because seriously, I'm at least like step level one of Meisner, right? So there's a there's a lot of uh, having to remember that I have to use the language from his perspective. And that's easier to do when it's a calm and easy situation. Not so easy to do when it becomes a little more heated and everybody's a little stressed out. So I, I definitely give John and I a solid 65-70% on that. But I know that both of us, I'm sure some of it is wishful hoping that he will finally pick up on the fact that that when we're talking to him about you, we mean him and not him to say and repeat it exactly. So it's a little difficult. And uh, on top of that, when he scripts stuff, Jackson, when he scripts stuff, he's saying it exactly how we say it. So, and he'll say things like, he knows my order at Starbucks. And my order changes at Starbucks. So depending on what he's feeling, it could be the order that I ordered last summer and haven't ordered since last summer. As I learned the other day that he remembered, I don't drink soy milk, really. I drank some of it while I was pregnant. It was one of the more comforting things for me to drink. But I I think I got, I mean, a grande coffee, an iced grande coffee with soy. Uh, I uh, No, an iced decaf grande with soy or something like that, and a bottle of water. This is something I ordered, and I haven't ordered that since I was pregnant with Jordan last summer. It was probably the last time I, I got that. And he, he we were driving through the Starbucks line the other day, and that was what came out of his mouth. Again, it's been almost a year. So I, I don't know what's locked away for him and what he remembers, but these are things that will come up randomly that he'll just pick up and he'll just lay them out there. And we're like, okay, dude, I got it. You know, that's impressive. I like to, I like to say that, (laughs) jokingly, I mean, sort of, that the, my music ability, because I can play by ear, I really believe is what one of the gifts that I passed on to Jackson. He can't necessarily play the music by ear, but he hears it and he sings on pitch. And that's, brilliant. And, and on top of it, not only does he sing on pitch, but he has a really good voice. So I feel like there's got to be a way to cultivate that music ability that he has, and not just his appreciation of music, but that he actually can hear it and produce the sound and can sing on pitch and he can jump the octaves. And it's just kind of amazing when you listen to him sing. It's kind of beautiful. So the scripting piece, it, he's got a great handle on a memorization, which as an actor, I'm incredibly envious of. Memorization is not the hardest part of acting. People are always like, I can't believe you learned all those lines. And it, it, that's not the hardest part. But it isn't that memorization isn't hard or difficult or a struggle sometimes. It is. It's definitely an important part of the acting process. But that's not the piece that's 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 the craft that's just like a technical piece but man it would be kind of brilliant if my technical piece were like I learned it once and it was locked away in my brain forever that would be amazing that's something to be envious of and in Jackson's case yeah maybe he needs some repetition a few times but he locks that stuff in that really he hones in on and it's amazing and he seems to not forget it so it's kind of cool uh that would be a neat trick to have as an actor uh in in my scripting world now the only now, the thing where it it flips and is kind of an issue is Jackson will learn something musically. And by I say musically, I mean like the way that I say something is cadence. And his cadence won't change 
it'll be the same. So I don't know how adaptable he is once he learns it a particular way, which is why he loves songs so much because they don't really change. However, I am going to put a slight caveat on this because once Jackson knows something super duper well, like the Alphabet Song or Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, where you're both like these basic songs that we all have learned for years and years and years, I have heard him starting to do things like slow down the song, speed up the song, jump uh, octaves here and there. It, I wonder if he isn't playing with it to try to to make different choices of the music which I think is super duper cool and I want to encourage that constantly I want him to do that all the time because I think that is where brilliant creativity really comes in and if he can really do that and he can take something that he has learned whether it's by rote or by understanding or whatever and he can cultivate that and change it and make it his own then it is going to be I mean I just I can't I mean like just kiss my fingers like a French chef because that's that's exactly the kind of creativity I'm I I just hope he wants has desires to express because that's amazing if that if that works for him and if it's not then that's fine he can doesn't have to do these things these are just things that I it's sort of like I see his gifts and I I want to help him develop them if he wants to okay now let's shift gears a little bit and talk a bit about imposter syndrome Oh, so yeah, I'm not going to shout her out here because I did not ask her if that's okay. But my friend who's on Facebook wrote an incredibly honest and raw and vulnerable blog post that she shared with all of us about feeling like she's just in this business and in this world and in our in our city and it's she just feels like she isn't going anywhere. Like she's not that she's not talented or not that she doesn't have the capability of being brilliant, but she's not in the room. And there's always an excuse. And the fact that she's always being considered a mom first and all of those pieces, it it cut me so deep because I've had exactly those thoughts and exactly that same feeling. And it has been much more lately and I think part of that's because now my time is truncated even more and I'm desperately trying to fit my passion and creativity into a life where I am often the last person on the list uh, and I have to shoehorn my career in between the cracks and it shouldn't have to be that way but it is uh, because of what I mentioned in the very beginning which is the crisis of childcare in this country and the fact that I, I, I am a freelancer in this business, even though I'm a professional and I've been a professional in this business for, since I was four years old, I've been a professional. I've been paid for my work. I've, I, I, I'm part of the union. There is no reason why I shouldn't be looked at and I've had so much training. There's no reason why I should ever feel anything but a professional and noble in my profession and in my craft and in my passion. I know that I have the talent usually okay imposter syndrome I know that I am a creative and worthy and strong collaborator usually imposter syndrome I know that I I have good ideas and I can bring them to the table and given the right opportunity could really blow everybody away and work by working in a in a in a 
collaborative event, event together and really put something forth impressive. I've done it before. I'm sure I can do it again. Usually. Imposter syndrome. So many times it's I have to get myself into the room to do that. And then in order to get myself in the room, I need to feel as though I've been able to give the time and energy to be prepared. And then in order to be able to give the time and energy, I need to be prepared. I have to sacrifice something else. As I've said before, Shonda Rhimes says this in her book, The Year of Yes, that if I am succeeding in one area, I am failing in another. If I am succeeding as an actor, I am failing as a mother. And I don't think she really means failing. I mean, but it's how I feel. And so when she says that, it's how I feel. And it's obviously how she feels. Something is falling down because I can't hold all the plates up at the same time. I can't be on stage and be performing, you know, in picnic and also be putting my kid to bed because it's not possible. I can't be doing both things at the same time. So this piece, this feeling like my, my career is slipping from me a little bit is actually really hard and terrifying and and gut-wrenching at times and yet at the same time I'm so thankful that I'm I'm able to be there for my kids and able to run my household and be there to to do all of the the scheduling and know which doctor we're going to next and make sure that everybody's schedule is on par like I, I'm a great office manager you know I've got I, I'm a great executive assistant I am running this household and everybody schedules really well but it it doesn't I'm good at it but it doesn't necessarily bring me all that joy. Yeah, being with my kids, sure, that brings me joy. Knowing that they're thriving and succeeding, that brings me joy. Seeing all the new things that Jordan's doing, it brings me joy. Seeing that Jackson, for example, uh, I heard when he was in therapy the other day, he actually walked up to a kid unprompted, said the kid's name, and said, can I watch? He was watching something on the iPad. That's never happened. This morning, Jackson ran up to me, threw his arms around me, seriously unheard of, unheard of, threw his arms around me, walked away, came back, did the same thing again, then slipped behind me and went over to Jordan's, Jordan was in his little stroller and stuck his head into the stroller and was singing to him and had his face really close to his. And here I was terrified it was going to hit him, but he didn't. He just wanted to get really close to him. And Jordan was smiling so big because his big brother was, because his big brother was paying attention to him. And I got to see that. Like, that was huge. And it was a huge moment. And I don't know if it'll happen again. I, I hope it will. But I got to see that. And that was amazing. And that was something I wouldn't have gotten to see if in this particular moment I had booked a job. But I got to tell you, I'm dying to book a job. So as you can see, I'm pulled. I'm pulled a lot. And there's so many parallels in my life between getting to see the huge leaps that my kids are making and yet feeling like I'm being kind of left behind with my passions and my heart. Because yes, my kids are amazing and I love them and I want to be around them and I want to be part of their lives and I want them to want to be me to be part of their lives. But I got to also be my own person and I'm starting to try to be creative in other ways. 
but nothing has ever satisfied me. I I love doing this podcast, don't get me wrong, and I would happily make this like my other, you know, beautiful stream of income if anybody, you know, if anybody wants to advertise on the podcast, let me know. No, but seriously, like, that would be amazing if I could bring this in as a revenue stream. That would be incredible. But my heart is in this business and my passion is in this business and I want to go do that. I want to be in a booth. I want to be, you know, uh, voicing uh, an animated character. I want to be on set, you know, doing a scene, uh, you know, I don't know, in, in whatever new thing is coming up. I want to be on a movie set. I want to be on stage and really d- digging into a character. Like these are the things that I ache to do. And I know that if I were doing them, I'd be aching to be with my kids. And this is, this is the problem. So I feel like when the imposter syndrome, while it comes in as far as am I good enough and all of that that happens or should I, can I even call myself this, that or the other? Or I haven't booked something in how long? So do, do I even, can I even be considered this thing? Yes, I am. I am. I'm an actor. I've always been an actor. I will always be an actor that is not going away. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know who I actually am right now because I am constantly not known right now as an actor. I'm known as a mom or as Jackson's mom or as that mom that's on Facebook or that mom on Instagram who shares pictures of her kids, which is amazing. But I am also a creative actor. I'm a creator. I'm a, I'm a writer. I, I do these things and they all matter. And I, I don't know how we start, I don't know how we start separating or not separating, bolstering up the women in the world who also chose to be mothers and remind them that they're not just one thing or that the other thing is cute but not important because now they're a mother. Because we don't do that to fathers. We don't do that to fathers at all. Man, yesterday, oh, I was so frustrated. And I, I, look, if you know me, you know how wonderful John is. John is the most, John is an incredible father. I'm very emotional today. John is an incredible father. And I will never take that away from him. He is such a good dad. However, he, we, we had to split up for a few minutes because Jackson had a haircut and John was waiting for our drinks at Starbucks. And we decided to carry uh, Jordan in rather than put him in his stroller um, just because it was more of a a pain and we didn't think it was going to take this long. Long story short, I left with Jackson, walked across the street and or across the way and and brought him to get his hair cut and John was going to meet us in a couple minutes after the drinks were made. So he comes in, he's got Jordan in one arm and he's got a tray of the two drinks in the other hand and it was like, I swear, it was like all of these women in there almost gave him a standing ovation look at the look at him coming in with the baby and the drinks and I'm like nobody would applaud one woman who walked in with a baby carrying drinks nobody would they'd be like oh I mean maybe they'd offer to help but they certainly wouldn't be like 
look at look at that mom she's such a good person how amazing they'd be like yeah that's like a normal day like that's my normal day like nobody gives me applause for that sorry John I'm not trying to diminish what you do but like please you know this is not a big deal but my gosh you'd have thought like celebrity had walked into this haircut place it annoys me because I think we don't we're expected to do everything and we're not given the ability to do what fuels us and if we even like I'm talking about this and I feel like I'm catching every word I say because I I have to keep reminding you that my kids I love my kids and I would do anything for them as if you're going to forget that or you're going to judge me because I'm talking about how important my career and my identity as that person is how much how important it is to me to get to tell the stories that I know I I still have in me that I need to tell and that I have to worry that I'm going to be questioned or I don't even know judged or whatever it is because I got to say these things because I want to do and be more because it it's going to make me a better mom. It makes me a better mom. I am a much better mom when I'm working. When I get to go to auditions and when I get to go refuel by seeing my friends in a show. How about this? Even when I get to sit down and watch the premiere of a new show in Chicago, even when I'm not in that's on TV, that's bringing more work here. And I get to see my friends thrive. It fuels me. It's important that we stop. We stop allowing the language around mothers to be that that's who they are first. And we forget that they are and were always women who were fueled by something probably. Now there are women out there who only wanted to be moms and that's it. And they're very happy. Like that, like literally they are fulfilling their life's goal by being a mother. I don't, I wasn't fulfilling my life's goal. It became a fulfilled life goal. And I'm fulfilling it every day. And I'm grateful for it. But it wasn't my be all and end all ever. I, I found that when I was four. And I never let it go. Like a dog with a bone. So, huh. Whew. Well. That was a lot. And uh, I'm sure I'm not done talking about this. I'm sure you'll hear it again in other ways. But suffice it to say, we, we, we have Mother's Day coming up soon. So I don't know. Think about it the next time you're thinking about moms. And maybe the appreciation is to a mom in your life is what is their passion and ha- and. Are they still allowed, able to do that? And do you think of that first when you think of them? I don't know. I don't know that I do. I think I'm part of the problem. Because we categorize people, right? I don't know. Do I categorize? I think I have like a relief moment when I meet another friend in this industry who's an actor and also a mom. Because I feel like like they get me in a different way and I feel really sort of like grateful for that. But the mom piece, it's always there. Like even if I knew them before 
as actors first. I'm thinking of a couple of the women that I know who are now moms, but were actors first. And I'm trying to see, do I, do I think of them first as actors or do I think of them first as moms? I don't know. Maybe it's like 50-50. I don't know. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's, this, is, this is not going to get answered today, I guess. But, uh, but yeah. Thanks for letting me get all that out today. It must have been sitting pretty deep in there. Maybe that hormonal shift has already started to happen. What do you think? Maybe my body's like, yeah, we know his birthday is coming up. We know the date. We're good. We're going to start this early on you. Okay, lady? Yeah, we got this. Anyhow, up and coming, you will see me on the, see me? No, you won't see me. You will hear me on the Patty Vasquez show, Patty V on WGN coming up, um, just getting solidified on the dates on all that. And uh, I'll, I'll let you know when that's happening. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything other major than that. We got Jordan's birthday coming up, which is going to be super fun. And uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring all that fun stuff to you when I know more. Oh, here's something cool. So if you do have a kid who has sensory issues uh, or is part of your family, uh, Pinocchio by House Theater is, has a sensory-friendly showing on May 13th. It's a Sunday. And I believe it's at 2 or 3 p.m. But go check their their website. So if you're in Chicago, the House Theater, I am so trying to go to this because I think it's going to be super awesome. Oh, no, wait. No, maybe not the 13th. It might be May 5th. I can't remember. Go check the website, the House Theater, uh, Pinocchio. And it's supposed to be excellent. So check it out. And I've got to double check the dates so that I go at the right time and don't pick the wrong one. And uh, all right. Well, have a great week. And I will talk with you soon. Thank you all so much for joining us on Acting Up with Allie Goodman. I just want to tell you how important it is that we continue to have these conversations. So please reach out and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Allie Real to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. And of course, the best way for people to find this podcast is if you leave a review. So please rate us and review us. I'm so thankful for all of you. This podcast only exists because you listen and continue to bring inclusion and love. So thank you. Okay, friends, just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time, and just hang in there. We are all in this together.